Welcome to today's episode where we discuss Lethal Weapons 2, 3, and 4, released in 1989, 1992, and 1998. All directed by Richard Donner, characters created by Shane Black, starring Mel Gibson, Danny Glover, Joe Pesci, and Rene Russo. Stick around while we break down the formula that is the Lethal Weapon franchise. I'm Shay. I'm Peter. And you're listening to Stellar Alignment. Welcome to episode episode six. six. We have chosen to break down not one, not two, but three movies in today's podcast because we're talking Joe Pesci, Leo Getz. We know that he's not in Lethal Weapon Uno, so we have chosen to avoid the first one. Let's start with Lethal Weapon 2. Lethal Weapon 2. Our main characters, Riggs and Murtaugh, and by now they have become very fast and close friends and Mm. strong partners. They've built a relationship from the first one, gone through a lot, and we see them as pretty strong buddies and cops. Exactly, exactly. It's just like a whole genre of movies. it's wonderful. Buddy Crazy. cops? Yeah, buddy cops. In this movie, they're up against these diplomats from South Africa. South Africa. They are hiding behind their diplomatic credentials. Dealing mm. drugs, moving guns. All sorts of All sorts of shenanigans. shenanigans. Like horrible things. Basically murdering everyone and assuming that they're untouchable. Because of their diplomatic immunity. immunity. During the movie, we come across Mr. Pesci's character, Leo Getz, who is is a money launderer who happened to work with some of the South African diplomats, Mm -hmm. laundering money, half a billion dollars, I think he says at one point. Yeah, he must have been very good. Riggs and Murtaugh are tasked with babysitting him because he is supposed to testify. And this is where we get a little bit more comic relief than than we see from the first movie, right? Because the first movie, a little darker. This one, a little lighter. And has a little bit to do with Shane Black, the creator uh, of the characters and the first movie. This movie had a little rewrites, a little more jokes added, playing up the buddy cop aspect. We do have a little bit of resolution to the first one, in the second movie exactly. as well. Continuing in the second movie, Riggs had lost his wife previously and was suffering a lot. And for anyone that hasn't seen the first one, is a very big plot point. He's lost his wife, he's distraught, and pretty much no nobody wants to work with Riggs. Because uh, he's the loose cannon. He right, just... until Murtaugh comes along. Yes. And Murtaugh is able to tame that wild stag. Sure, yeah, actually, I feel like he's a bad influence on Murtaugh. Yeah, a little he bit. He riles him up a lot. They're yeah. constantly yelling at each other. Yeah. But at the same time, Murtaugh's, like, welcomed him into his own family. Absolutely. But the actual resolution is these uh, South African diplomats had some hand in murdering his wife. All hands. They, All hands. They put out a hit against Riggs. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, Riggs' wife's driving the the vehicle. She dies instead of him. Exactly. Riggs has no idea why this happens. He thinks that it's actually his fault, that he should have been driving the vehicle. He finds this out in the second one. It's great. It's a great resolution for that storyline. And actually, 
it's funny, Shane Black, the creator, originally wanted Riggs to die at the end of Lethal Weapon 2, right? You know, when when the uh, the main guy, Rudd, is like, diplomatic immunity, after he shoots Riggs, you know, and, and Murtaugh does his little neck-cracking thing and says, it's just been revoked. Awesome. But the studio did not want this. They recognized the cash cow that is Lethal Weapon, and they kept Briggs alive. And subsequently, and we'll get into this a little more, Shane Black's not involved in three or four. Yes, but they were able to make a three and four because they kept that character alive. Of course, right. We also see a duo of one and two, those being kind of two movies that are tied together with a resolution of a very big plot point from the first one happening in the second. And then three and four kind of, for me, feel like they stand alone also. They, sure. they feel like two separate movies, which we'll get into just now, because of an introduction of a new character in number three. That's fair. From two, we move into three. Our same characters. Our characters. The same Get sort into of shenanigans. Closeness, buddy cop, kind of. Right out of the gate, though, it, you can tell it's lighter. Yes. So the second one starts with a car chase. This one starts with them deciding that they should go get involved with a bomb. Mess with the bomb. And and there's just a lot of jokes, a lot of back and forth. Number three was always my favorite when I was younger because there's so much of this back and forth. It's lighter. It's much lighter. They end up blowing the building up. They do blow the building yeah. up. The third one, the opposition is Crooked Cops. We have gang members. LA, LA Street Gangs. Uh -huh. This is 1992, so this is the not long after Rodney King and the LA Riots. So uh, LA Street Gangs are a big part of this one. Crooked Cops dealing in mainly uh, Armor, illegal, illegal firearms and yeah, cop killers. Cop killers, they call During this, Rene Russo's character comes into the mix. Yes. Lorna Cole who is with Internal Affairs because of the crooked cop aspect. An ex-cop who's involved, all of these guns coming into the LAPD and leaving the LAPD, she gets involved. And here is where we see the introduction of a love interest, a love interest to Riggs' character. kind of a first, not that Riggs hasn't been lucky in the past. It's just like, this is a different sort of woman for him. Yeah, he, of course, in the first one, we're dealing with the loss of his wife. The second one, they they resolve that. And he does have a, a very short fling with a character that is part of the South Africans. But she ends up getting she killed. She ends up getting killed by her own people, which he's not very happy about and leads to a pretty awesome uh, final sequence. And this is why I kind of feel like three and four stand alone from the first and the second, because... You have the Lorna Cole character who ends up in Lethal Weapon 4 also, which is a very big part of 4 once we get to that. And those two kind of feel like they also stand alone. We have the reintroduction of Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci, Leo Ketz. Is brought back for, for number 3. Who is no longer a money launderer. He is now a real estate agent. And, and he is also the real Slim Shady, apparently. Bleached hair, a red convertible. Very flashy. This is what makes these movies great for us, I think. I agree. I think the Leo Gets character is the best character. We also have a, a pretty rough spot in this movie 
course, this is the one where Murtaugh is only seven days away from retiring. <laughs> and we're talking about this throughout the whole thing. Of course, Murtaugh's been saying he's too old for this shit since the first movie. And he's still too old for this shit. And throughout number three, he's talking about retiring. He gets into a shootout and ends up killing one of his son's friends. Yep. Because, you know, kids are getting involved with gangs. It's tough for him and he's got to deal with that. But ultimately, once they get to the end of the movie and they bring down the bad guys, the bad guys. he decides that he's going to stick around for a little bit. In it for another 10 years. He's not quite old enough for that shit yet. Mm -hmm. so this leads us into number four, where we up the ante again, and there's some guy with a flamethrower in LA. I don't really think that this... Yeah, it's a little ridiculous. During all of this, there's a moment where they're not sure if they're going to make it. And Riggs... No, Murtaugh tells Riggs that Lorna's pregnant. And then Riggs tells Murtaugh that... that he's going to be a grandfather. His daughter, uh, Rianne's pregnant. They're all moving on to a different stage in their life. Right. Murtaugh's going to be a grandfather. Riggs is going to be a dad. For the first time. And... The next scene, they're fishing with Leo. They've become so close, their adopted family. Right. And they talk about family a lot throughout this movie. And I also think that there's a lot of exposition in the movie about family that doesn't exist in the other ones. And you can kind of feel like they're trying to wrap things up with number four some, somewhat. Also, during that fishing scene, a, a giant freighter comes into the L.A. Harbor. Yes full of uh, essentially Chinese slaves. Yes. So our opposition that we are introduced to is the Chinese triad. Yeah. They are... Trying to... They're bringing in... Printing money. Tra human trafficking. They're human trafficking. Counterfeiting. Yep. And they're also trying to bring in these forefathers, which forefathers, are... These uh, big four bosses. bosses trying to bring the them into the U U.S. Exactly. From prison in China yeah. to the U.S. Yeah. In this film, we can see, obviously, Murtaugh still too old for this shit, but we start to see how Riggs is now too old for this shit. It's 11 years after the first Lethal Weapon, so Riggs is now the age that Murtaugh was when they first met. Uh, Murtaugh's been saying he's too old for this shit since the first one, so uh, clearly Riggs is now too old for this shit. Yeah. Although, side note, Mel Gibson is only 42 when the movie's released. And Danny Glover, only 52 when the movie's released in 1998. So neither of them really that old. Uh, but they're not 20-year-olds. Sure. Rick yeah. isn't doing what he used to do when he used to jump off buildings, handcuffed to, like, people who wanted to commit suicide, you know? Right, or, you know, chasing after cars on foot. On foot. But they are getting old. They're at different stages in their lives. Right. And maybe it's time for them to step back a little. Maybe. But it doesn't stop the fact that this action movie is happening. Yes. And they have to go after the opposition, the Chinese triad, who are a little tougher than anyone they've experienced before. Because exactly. they've got it's fucking Jet Li. Jet Li in his first American produced film. Mm -hmm. Also, first time he plays a villain. Yeah. Which, this is my first introduction to Jet Li. To too. Jet Li. And then I went to like, my neighborhood little movie rental place and just watch all of the everything that he's ever done 
on VHS. We also see the introduction of Lee Butters, which is played by Chris Rock. Yes. Uh, a character that originally was not part of the script. Also, uh, Leo Getz, Joe Pesci's character, was not originally part of the script as well. But he was written into number four. Also written into number three. He wasn't originally supposed to be part of number three That's either. That's I think, it, you know, it's pretty obvious that the character was... A fan favorite. A popular character in the second one. In number three, he even gets billing alongside Mel Gibson and Danny Glover. And I think that's because between two and three, Joe Pesci won an Oscar. Oh, good fellows, huh? Yes. All right. We get Chris Rock added into the mix. We have an even bigger cast of stars in number four. Ultimately, we end up seeing a resolution in our, our hero's favor, as always. They take down Jet Li, both Riggs and Murtaugh in yes. the end this time. so talk about this end scene real fast, guys. Well, originally they were just going to have Riggs face off against Jet Li because that's just what happens in every other movie. Riggs faces off against the bad guy at the end. He gets beat up a lot, but he ultimately wins. When they started filming and saw how fast Jet Li moved, they realized that no one would believe... <laughs> that Mel Gibson would actually beat Jet Li in a fight. So they had to rewrite the script and had Both Danny Glover and come at Mel Gibson him. go yeah. after him. Yeah. Still unbelievable. Yeah, still didn't think that they'd actually beat him, but they're, they're the heroes. So This is all because the Lethal Weapon movies, I love them. I'm a fan. I, I will definitely say that I'm, I've been a fan since I was a kid of these movies. They follow a very specific formula. They do. They do. Um, Especially two, three, and four. <laughs> so uh, maybe not an exact formula, but there's always a couple key things that are in every movie. So there's always going to be car chases. There's going to be tons of car chases. There's going to be tons of gunfights. There's going to be a lot of explosions. Lots of explosions. I mean, cars must have been super flammable in the 80s. They just incinerate. It's weird. A lot of like city damage caused by Riggs and Murtaugh. Which they're gonna get yelled at for, but never anything really happens. Yeah, so. well they get promoted. Right. But it doesn't stop them from blowing stuff up or driving a car through a building. They, they're never gonna wait for backup. Never wait for backup. They never go back to the station because that would be asking for permission to right. murder everyone. Right. They always murder everyone in the end. Yep. Bunch of people die. Riggs and Murtaugh are always gonna fight over whether or not they go on three. <laughs> Riggs is uh, always gonna dislocate his shoulder for some reason. There's always a lot of physical comedy when it comes to them picking on other people, especially Leo gets. Always gonna see Riggs chasing after a car, like literally chasing on foot after yeah. a car. We're gonna see Riggs on the outside, on the of, the outside of a moving vehicle. During a car chase. During a car chase. Why? I don't know. He just likes it. Yeah, and I mean, every time they start with some sort of unrelated thing. So the second one, there's this car chase, which which is related. It ends up being uh, uh, one of the South Africans, and that's how they first find the trunk full of crew grants. Right, right. And the, but the third one, there's just a bomb, has nothing to do with the real plot. The, the fourth one is the guy with the flamethrower, nothing to do with the real plot. It always starts you in the middle of action. Yeah, absolutely. Starts which you in the middle of the action. Is what the, they're giving the people what they want. Of right? course. It's just the same thing with all of the explosions. It's like, people love fucking explosions. 
why would a car that you know falls out of a shipping container just blow up for no reason? Because they do. Because they, they do. just do. They That's what happens do. to cars. You're always gonna have Leo who's like over exaggerating about something, or yeah. lying about something. He's gonna get all worked up about something. They fuck you at the hospital. They fuck you through the drive-through. They fuck you with the cell phones. They're always gonna mess with Leo. And in a really mean way. A little bit. Like. Uh, They're it's... bullies. They're bullies, especially Mel Gibson is a huge bully. He's a dick he's to a, everybody. He's just, I, I mean, okay, you're working amongst cops, you know, there's a lot of... Tough guy. Tomfoolery and, you know, playing practical Hazing. practical jokes on each other. Murtaugh, he's he's one of the the biggest targets, targets of, Riggs. Know, for, <laughs> of, of Riggs. Even though Riggs loves him, he will well, he, keep a running gag going he does it. Years. He does it out of love. Oh, uh, sure, 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 sure. And then, of course, he brings that out of Raj a little bit because he can be a little of a bad influence right, on yeah, Murtaugh. Absolutely. Murtaugh wouldn't have gone into the building to set off a bomb. He would have waited for the yeah, bomb He's squad. never going to leave Riggs going by himself. Of course. You know, they're they're, gonna they're do, loyal to they're the They're always going to do everything together. It's just like the, really the nice. and number two, the bomb. Huh, number two, the bomb on the toilet. Uh, right. You're you know, right. Riggs isn't going to leave him up there by himself. He helps him jump into the tub right before the bomb goes off. When Murtaugh... They're partners. ...discharges his gun accidentally in the locker room. Right. And then Riggs, like, Pretends. blows up and throws a bunch of lockers yep. around. And, and also in number three, after Murtaugh kills the kid and he's distraught and he just goes and has a bender on his boat and Riggs went out to check on him. Yeah. Right? And he's, he's like, oh, you know... You don't know what it's like. You you kill people all the time. It's not a big deal. And Riggs is like, you're selfish. He's like, what happens to you happens to me. There's a really intense, touching mm -hmm. moment between the two of them. Kind of leads me to another thing. Is I felt like they forced the touching moments in 4. This is why I have issues with 4. Is I think they were they used the formula too much. And I think part of it has to be the fact that they were still writing the script while they were shooting it. Well, the script wasn't even done yet. They rewrote the hell out of number four, apparently, throughout the shooting. Did you notice that there seemed to be a lot more, like, different faces at the department? Got a lot more screen time, had a lot more lines, especially that other uh, duo of detectives. They needed a, a Chinese-American detective to fill them in. Oh, yeah. Uh, right? Because what the fuck would they know? They wouldn't have been able to find out this information themselves because they're detectives. It's not <laughs> like they had any previous cases that we saw as an audience. Okay, sure, but they're detectives. Like, the, the, what's funny is like this you is never like, you never see them do actual detective work. They just they like never they just show they up stumble places. upon things all the time. <laughs> yeah, they're they're like they're not good detectives. Constantly inserting themselves into the action instead of detecting and finding clues and figuring out and why shit's happening and yeah. bringing it to lawyers and making good arrests so, like nothing yeah. was legally done ever it's good to know that shane black again the creator and the writer of the first movie and most of the second also is the writer of last action hero which is a complete spoof on lethal weapon right Absolutely. When 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 he's in the movie, 
or the movies themselves and Arnold Schwarzenegger's character, you know, they're always like, he's always blowing shit up. He's getting yelled at. It's like one of the biggest things is that the captain's always pissed off and yelling. They're all like these huge cliches. It's lethal weapon. <laughs> That's the thing is like, these movies are fun. They're, they are fun. they're not, movies. yeah, they're, they're not going up for awards or anything like that. Let's get more into the no. Leo Getz character. Because that's what brought us to these movies. Let's see the evolution of Leo. So in the first movie, he's a money launderer. Money launderer, a really successful one who's given money off the top. Who who has actually a lot of information to give them right out of the gate. Exactly. He, he is very helpful right out of the gate. The character so quick talking, but he's also like the little brother that that wants to be a part of everything. He just wants to go on the same like road trip or like we're going yeah. on a field trip. Y'all want to come along? I'll send him back. He just wants to be part of it. He's like, oh, where are you guys going? Are we gonna get food together? This yeah. is great. Also, the little brother where they pick on him constantly, and he puts up with it, and he still wants to be around. But I love that he idolizes him. He always gets so riled up about stuff. You know, the they fuck you in the drive-through thing, like without reading too much into the character it's probably because he is this little brother type character right that that whether he was or not didn't get listened to a lot so he has to like get all worked up like this in order for people to pay attention to him yeah when he gets so heated that they're like okay they're, okay, okay, calm okay. Down, calm down, calm down. and he's just like <laughs> oh pesciisms right there yeah, the pesciisms this Where is, he just like raises his hands over his shoulders. I yeah. love it every the time. Quick, the quick movements okay, okay, and the, okay, 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 the okay. when he, he's running around and uh, yeah, it's okay, okay, okay. <laughs> In the second movie, he has changed careers. More legitimate, obviously. He's in real estate. He's got bleach blonde hair, the flashy, you know, car. car. Yep. He's quick talking. He's oversharing. He's not the best real estate. Well, he's working on selling Roger's house, and it is disclosure. You do have to tell. You have to be honest about what has happened to the house, and he lets the the he clients lets know, know that like the worst yeah, a car a car busted through the front window here. The bathroom upstairs it's had to be completely remodeled due to bomb damage. But yeah, he doesn't really disclose it in the best in a way. Very good way. Full disclosure, babe. <laughs> in the second one, he goes. <coughs> he, he pulls that, which I think it's is so hilarious. Awesome. I think, again, I think that's my favorite Leo Getz is, is the third movie's Leo Getz. Um, okay, so in the fourth movie, his new career now is PI. He's a PI. Because he idolizes Riggs and Murtaugh so much. He got his PI license. That he wants to be in on the action. He's got normal brown hair again, but he's wearing this bright blue fedora. He's got a giant red SUV, not a very inconspicuous car. And I think that because of the time, it's 1998, his go-to, he's still doing a lot of, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. But he also does a whatever, whatever, whatever. Which I guess it was popular in 98. You know, the other thing that's popular whatever, in 98 whatever. is Chris Rock. Yes. And I love Chris Rock. He's an amazing stand-up comedian. But I personally think he's an awful actor. <laughs> it's like a stand-up comedian is also a part-time cop in this movie. A lot of his scenes are him delivering jokes. Like just his little rant jokes that yeah. goes off on. And it doesn't play like when Leo does the rants. Like, it, it makes sense for Leo's character. It doesn't make sense for his character. It feels like 
it was taken out of Chris Rock's stand-up. The jokes about the, the cell phone coverage and shit like that. Yeah, that scene uh, where he first enters the police station before he talks about the cell phone. They, he's talking about the guy find, being found on the roof, dead, strangled. Uh, pigeons ate his eye. And in the background is Joe Pesci. And he's like, oh, it is the funniest thing he makes a pretty funny I've face. ever seen. Yes. I laugh so hard. He makes a funny face. He makes a funny face. It's so great. <laughs> My wife loves funny faces. That's why she married me. Shut up. Anyway. Anyway. Whatever. 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 Joe Pesci does get a kind of a serious note where we have a little insight about him. In number four. Number yeah. four. Because at the end of the film, huh? Riggs goes to visit his wife's grave. Because he's not sure whether or not he should marry Lorna. Yep, he's conflicted. Because he, he was married, his wife died, and he, he's worried that something wrong with him moving on. Yes. Right? So he goes to talk to her grave, and to talk to her, and in that moment... Leo comes out, he tells him about this uh, best friend he had, it was a frog. Froggy. It was his only friend in the whole world. His frog died, because he ran him over with his bike. He met... Riggs and Murtaugh. Yeah, and, like, yeah, it had like, to be decades later, though. But does it seem like a guy with a lot of friends would put up with that kind of abuse right away? And sure, be, I, I don't know. Anyway, he says, you're not the best friends I ever had. You're not as good a friend as Froggy. You're not replacing him. You're just different. Which is great, because this is sort of what he Riggs needed to hear. He's not replacing his wife He's sort of moving on. Right. He's like, you, you sure picked a, a funny angel to send me, which I thought was kind of funny. And moments later, he gets a, a a page that Lorna's going into labor, and then, of course, at that moment, so is Rianne. So they go to the hospital, and they have a shotgun wedding at the hospital, and Leo's the best man. Leo's the best man. There's a funny scene, too, because the only person there to marry them is a rabbi, a rabbi and, of course, they're not Jewish, but he agrees to marry them anyways. And because they do mention in, I think, number three, that Leo is Jewish, he goes and steals a, a old man's cup of pee. Dumps the pee out. So, so Riggs can step on the glass like he would in a Jewish wedding, which is pretty ridiculous and yeah. funny. The other part that I'd like to mention in number three is they go to the, the hockey rink looking for the bad guy, Jack Travis. Leo recognizes and helps them kind of track down and he shoots Leo out on the ice and Leo thinks he's dying <laughs> of course he's cold because he's on the ice <laughs> and it's just a flesh wound that they go to the hospital the doctor tells him that he'll be out later that day and and Riggs is like no no no, no. you shouldn't do that doc a, a, a dum-dum wound can be very serious <laughs> and the doctor's like what's a dum-dum wound Riggs explains that a guy on the force had his thumb shot off by dum-dums and three days later he died from shock. Yeah. Leo like says they guys. died from dum-dums? <laughs> but basically they don't, they just want him to keep Leo there yeah. for a few days. He hints at the doctor, like, keep him for a couple more days like, okay, under fine. observation. Fine. Two He's days. Like, I, Leo's like, I thought it sounded weird. Then this is when, when Riggs is a big bully and he, he takes this chart and writes that he needs a, a rectal exam. So connected to this part is when Leo finally gets out and he goes to see them at the station and they 
had to shave, you know, his, balls his downstairs to, to do the exam. They fuck you at the hospital. They fuck you at the hospital. Finally, we see Leo gets as part of the family in the last scene of the fourth movie. The babies are born. They're taking a picture, and Riggs is like, "Come on, get that guy to get the picture. Right. You come in here." And they do that big cheese ball. Are you guys friends? No, we're family. And you can feel that throughout the whole movie, where they're kind of leaning into this whole family thing. Um, it's nice to see that. Because they pick on Leo throughout the second and the third one. He seems closer to them in the third one than the second one, but you kind of feel like they, he's still on the outside, but they've welcomed him in mm -hmm. at the end of this one. Exactly. I, I think overall, I, I'm a, a pretty big fan of the Lethal Weapons. Three's my favorite. Probably next is two, then one, then four. I like four the most growing up. Yeah. Jelly. Yeah. I thought it was the cutie. What do IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes tell us? Ah, yes. Let's do some rating. Lethal Weapon 2, what do we have from Rotten Tomatoes? Rotten Tomatoes gives it an 82% on the tomato meter. The audience score is at 77%. That's not bad. And then IMDb has it at a 7.2 out of 10. Okay. Lethal Weapon 3. We have a uh, tomato meter at 58%. Mm. Oh, well, that's a big dip. The audience score is 61%. Okay. And IMDb is 6.7 out of 10. So 67, all right. All right. Lethal Weapon 4 is a 52%. Continuing uh, to go down. Yep, okay. tomato meter. Yeah. The audience score is a 64%. So actually a little higher than the last one. And then IMDb gives it a 6.6 .6 out of 10. 6.6. .6. So just one one point lower, lower than number three. Yeah. Number three is my favorite, but that doesn't mean much. It's the number three was on HBO a lot when I was a kid, so I've seen that one the most. And I think maybe it was the first one that I ever saw. I, I saw two and one after that, so obviously a more partial to that one. We're rating this just with one score, so we're rating all three of them as a whole. What we should do on next week's episode mm -hmm. is give an update on all of our scores sure. before should we rate the next one. I don't remember it like I used to remember it. You know, when you were a kid, when you first saw it, I don't feel the same way anymore. Okay. I'm looking at it through a different lens, and I'm thinking sure. five. Ooh, okay. Wow. Lower than I expected. I'm gonna give the lethal weapons a six. Okay. Middle of the road. That's fair. It could change though. It it's, could change. It could totally change. And we'll have to look at a list and see what we've moved out of place. And mm -hmm. we'll give you a recap next episode when we cover Raging Bull. Raging Bull. Never seen it. Very excited. It's been a long time for me as well. Another Scorsese, De Niro, and Pesci joint. Nice. Joe Pesci's first big role. He had been in a movie called Death Collector, which is where Scorsese and De Niro discovered Pesci. Ooh. And then they offered him Raging Bull, his first Academy Award nomination. Exciting to see some early work of both De Niro, Pesci, and Scorsese. I'm excited too. Excited that you all joined us today for our okay. second run of this new format. 
please let us know what you think of the new format, mm -hmm. either by commenting uh, wherever you're listening to this. Also remember to rate and review. And if you're watching us on YouTube, remember to subscribe and, and like, like, and you can leave us a comment there. You can also hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. TikTok. All, all at Stellar Alignment Podcast. Instagram, probably the, the easiest place to reach us, though, because that's where I do the majority of our social media. We're too young for Facebook, and we're too old for TikTok. Instagram's our speed. Well, thank you all for joining us again for episode six. Six. We've made it halfway. Wow. We only have six more of these for Pesci. Oh. We're going to have to start discussing who's next. And we need suggestions. Mm -hmm. So let us know. Thank you all. And have a good night. You got anything? Nope. She's got nothing. Good night. Bye.